You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Normandale Baptist Church in Fort Worth, Texas. We're glad you're listening today to one of our sermons. Our hope is that it is encouraging for you as you seek to know Jesus better. If you are helped by this sermon, we want to invite you to support the ongoing ministry of Normandale. You can do that by going to normandale.org slash give. Thanks. We're, we're going to kind of experiment a little bit with uh, the service order and all that. We're going to do three songs after the sermon time this morning. Uh, we're going to maybe transition, do that, uh, looking into the future, just to have more time to sing in response to what we've heard from the Word as opposed to preparing to hear the Word. And so we're going to do three after the sermon today just to prepare your heart for that. Uh, so we'll just see what works and what doesn't work. And uh, But go ahead and open it in your Bibles. Uh, actually, two places. So Colossians chapter 3. And Romans chapter 12. And so we'll be in chapter, Romans chapter 12 first, and then we'll go to Colossians chapter 3 in just a little bit. Uh, and so, as you guys know, we've been going through the book of Daniel. And last week, uh, really over the past several weeks, we've been exploring the nature of faith. Uh, how faith, your faith in Jesus, shapes your heart, shapes your mind. And, uh, and so we're going to continue expanding on how faith shapes the way that you view your world this morning. And so this week, I, uh, Brent and I had a fun experience. So uh, we, we're switching f- phone carriers. And so we switched from T-Mobile to a different one. And when we got over to this other carrier, uh, it, it didn't work, okay? And so like I, every phone call I made, it was just, it, it would drop or it would cut out and I'd have to have the person repeat themselves. And it was, I just was very frustrated, frustrated with it. So I was like, hey, Shannon, we're just, please just send us back to T-Mobile. The problem is, is it was, it hadn't been 90 days since we switched. And so it was a bigger hassle to go back to T-Mobile than we were expecting. And so we were switching back to T-Mobile, and so finally after a while, my phone gets set up, it's good, I got my phone number back and all that kind of stuff, so it's cool, okay? Uh, so I'm good to go. A couple days later, I got a text message that said, hey, welcome to T-Mobile, this is your new number, and it was Brent's number. And so somehow, when Brent's phone was getting transitioned back to T-Mobile, it got switched up to where they gave Brent, they made me Brent, essentially. They put Brent's phone number on my phone and no phone number on Brent's phone. And, uh, and so I became Brent Lightsey for a little bit, okay? I was getting his family group text. Jenna was texting me to let me know that she was driving home from Waxahachie. Um, I was getting, I, I talked to his sister Sherry on the phone for a bit. She called, and I'm like, do I answer the phone or do I not answer the phone? I, I was like, I don't know. I'll answer the phone. They're like, maybe they're calling me. I forgot it was Brent's number. I'm like, hey, it's Mason. And she's like, uh, um, I was like, I mean, uh, you, are you, you looking for Brent? <laughs> and so we start chatting for a little bit. And, uh, and so it was good times, okay? I think actually, so it's, it's been switched back. So if you want to call me, you can call me now. And if you want to call Brent, you can call Brent. But I think if you call Brent and he doesn't answer, it still says that it's me. I think he's got my voicemail greeting set up on his phone still. And, uh, and so it's a confusing thing, okay? Now, why do I tell you that? Because there was a transformation in my phone. of Something in my life transformed. And all of a sudden, I began viewing the world in a completely different manner, Right? Now, I'm telling you that because that's what we've been looking at in the book of Daniel. 
We've been exploring faith and seeing how it shapes how we view sin, how we view discipline, how we view rebuke. And your faith determines whether when you experience those things, you are saved by it or crushed by it. That's what we've been exploring in this. Faith is the determining factor in how you see the world. And when you begin to understand this concept of your faith is what drives how you view your life, it's your entire worldview, you begin to see how it's interconnected into everything. For example, remember if we last semester, we were going through a portion of the book of Revelation. And we were talking about the nature of heaven. And there was a sermon, it's called The Ecstasy of Heaven. And in that, We talked about how heaven is actually only heaven for those who hold faith. See, if someone who does not have faith in Jesus went to heaven, they wouldn't feel like it was heaven at all, but they'd rather, they'd be uncomfortable there and they'd rather be somewhere else. See, C.S. Lewis kind of depicted this idea and he had a novel called The Great Divorce. And I love this book. It's actually one of my favorite books. And, uh, and in, this, in this novel, it's a story of a guy who begins in hell, and when you're in hell, you have the opportunity to get on a bus and ride to heaven. And so he sees that he's talking about the nature of hell and what people are like in hell, and then if you want, you can get on the bus and go to heaven all you want, and when you get there, you decide whether you want to stay there or whether you want to go back to hell. And when these people from hell get on the bus and go to heaven, What they experience when they get to heaven is a reality that is more real than anything they could ever experience or have ever experienced in their life. And it's a heaven, it's a a reality that's more, it's more real than anything they've ever been capable of experiencing. So, for example, when they get off the bus and they try to walk on the grass in the outskirts of heaven, It's painful for them, and they don't want to walk on the grass because they can't bend the blades of grass because the reality is too intense for what they can handle. And so if you want to experience heaven and be in heaven and like being there, then you have to be transformed to be able to handle or be capable of living in that space. Now, this is not not strict theology. This is a novel. But you get the idea that he's trying to present of heaven or being with God is shaped by your faith. So your faith determines what you perceive the things of God to be. Your your faith determines how you view your life, whether things are good, whether they save you, or whether they crush you. It's your faith that's the determining factor in this. And so Paul, in Romans kind of talks about the progression of this thought here in Romans chapter 12. And so let's look at it together. Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 1. And here's what he says here. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Let's pray, and then we're going to begin to dive into the Word. So, Father, come before you. We thank you for this Word, for your Word here. And so I pray that you would help us to be encouraged to press on, 
in following Jesus and focusing on Jesus and being conformed to his image. To help us to understand the importance of pursuing our faith and allowing that to shape our entire worldview. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You see, Paul here encourages this, this, this kind of in our exploration of faith, he encourages our transformation. See, what he says is this don't be conformed to this age, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, the victory of Jesus not only offers you or grants you forgiveness for your sins, but it also brings about your recreation, your, you becoming a new creation. See, it changes your heart, changes your mind, where you begin to see the world a little bit differently, to where you can look into your life, your world, to be able to see the things that God loves as something worth loving. To where you can begin to see the things that God hates as something worth hating. It's a change in how we fundamentally view ourselves in our world. And this is always the plan of God. This is what God desired to do, to not only save us by offering us forgiveness, but to save us by transforming our mind to view our world as He views it, right? That's how your faith functions. And so in Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 36, this is what God is saying. He's like, this was always my plan. He says, I'm going to take you from the nations and gather you from all countries, and I'll bring you into your own land. I will also sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all of your impurities and all of your idols. He says, I'm going to make you righteous. I'm going to save you. I'm going to clean you. I'm going to make you righteous. But then here's the next thing he says in verse 26. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. He's saying this, I'm going to come, and I'm going to make you a new person to where you will love the things I love and hate the things I hate. Your faith is going to shape how you view your life, how you view your world, how you respond to sin, how you respond to rebuke. Your faith is going to shape all of this because of what you believe about me. And the truth is that the cross of Jesus Christ is what made this prophecy that God or this promise that God gave a reality. The cross of Jesus Christ is what made that a reality for us. See, when Jesus died on the cross, he, 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 he made a way for you and me to be forgiven for our sins, and then he resurrected from the dead. And what does he say? I'm the Lord. If you want to be with me, you need to follow me, right? He's the image of the invisible God, and what does he do? He comes to show us what God is like so that way we can be conformed to his image, so we can become like him. It's a, it's a recreation, a new creation to give us new heart, a new desire, new passions, a new worldview to be able to see the things of God as good and to pursue them, to see them as worthy of following with our lives. See, my brother tells a great story of uh, when he was uh, in high school, he had a, 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 they were seniors at Brewer, and he had a friend that they started bringing to church with him. Uh, to the youth group, and uh, and they were sitting in the hallway or in, in the youth room in here, and and there, his friend uh, was coming to get to know who Jesus was through the love of his friends who were drawing him into church, and uh, and Taylor was with them as he was praying to receive Christ. To, he was praying for salvation to 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 follow Jesus with his life, and Taylor was laughing about this because he said. 
the guy was like, well, what do I do? And Taylor's like, you just pray to Jesus and ask him to save you. And, and so his friend starts praying to Jesus. And he's like, Jesus, pray for, for your forgiveness, and I want to follow you with my life. And, and I pray for Sandra Bullock. <laughs> and he starts turning. And starts turning to pray for this other person. And Taylor thought that was the funniest, most awesome thing ever. Because what happened? The Spirit of God came into him and gave him desires to pray for things to change that he wouldn't have had previously. He saw there was an issue. Maybe he read about it on something. I don't really know. But all of a sudden, when he's praying for salvation, he recognized that he had a new desire to pray for this other situation that he previously wouldn't have had. See, the Spirit of God comes into you and grants you new desires grants you new passions, new things to where you recognize, man, what I want to do is I want to follow Jesus with my life. This is worthy of my call. This is worthy of my life. That's what faith does. And the call for you and me is this. Live in that. Live in that. Pursue your faith. Pursue renewing your mind. Pursue it. And so once you get that, you're like, okay, Yes, I want to do it. I want to follow Jesus. I want to live in a, my faith. I want to live in renewing my mind. How do I do that? Paul talks about this, actually, in the book of Colossians. So that's why I told you to turn to Colossians at the beginning. Colossians chapter 3. Paul talks about the life of the new person, the life of a new man or a new woman. And so let's look at the first four verses of what he says here. It's like, because the question is, how do I live with a renewed mind? How do I live with a faith that leads me to see and to receive the goodness of God and to respond in my life in like manner? Look what he says here in Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 1. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So step number one, here's, here's what it is. Here's what Paul tells us. How do you live with a renewed mind? Number one. Focus on Jesus. Sounds simple, but that's his step number one. Focus on Jesus. See, what does he say? Look at verse two. How do you live with a renewed mind? Set your minds on the things above and not on earthly things. Set your minds on the things above. See, what you fill your mind with, what you think about, what you choose to think about throughout the day, what you choose to, to think like, like how you choose to spend your time, like, like free time, if it's on internet or TV or whatever, like, like how you spend your time sets the path for where your feet will go. See, that's, that's the thing. What you think about, what you choose to think about will set the path where your feet want to go. So here's the question. If you want to focus on Jesus... You're like, man, I do. I want to set my mind on the thing above. What is the premier way to do that? The question is, do you dig into the Word? Like, do you spend regular time in your Bible? 
the premier way to set your mind on the things above is to hear from the things from above. Do you spend regular time in your Bible? Like, is the Word in you? Because as the people who follow Jesus, as disciples of Jesus, what do we want to do? We want to dig into His Word until the Word digs into us. That's the whole point. And so practically, how do I personally do it? Kind of week in and week out. I have a Bible reading plan on the Bible app. And, uh, and so every, every day I've got my, my Bible app, and I've got a, right now I'm doing the, uh, the Bible recap plan. I was going to, I've done it, I did it a couple years ago. It's kind of a through the Bible chronological plan. And, uh, and then last year I set it up where I was going to do it. And then I just, for what, I couldn't handle that amount of reading uh, with where I was. Uh, and so I had to bail on it. And I did a different plan last year. And it was just a, a, a through the New Testament plan. But I'm back on it, back on the horse again this year. And, uh, and so what I do is whenever I am getting, I'm either going to go on a run or uh, do my exercise thing in the day or I'm driving somewhere, I will pull up the Bible app and I'll go to the day uh, on that day of the reading plan and I'll just click play and I'll just listen to it as I'm riding or as I'm running or as I'm driving somewhere. And that's just part of my routine. Now, here's the question. Do I get the Spirit of God, like, like to where I'm just like, Every single day, like the word is digging into me, and I'm just, I'm just here's what the Greek is saying. You know, like, does that happen every day? No. In fact, there's some days in which I'm like, wow, I missed that chapter. I have no clue what they were saying. I guess I'll, I'll pick up the next one, you know? But there's something to the routine of it to where over time what happens is the word, as you dig into the word, as you're investing in the word, it starts to dig into you. And so do you have a regular routine in which you are digging into the Word of God in order to set your mind on the things above by focusing on Jesus? Best step is take, t- set up a Bible reading plan and just let the text, like, just click play on it. There's no, like, you don't get extra bonus points because you read it with your, eye, read it with your eyes as opposed to listening to it with your ears. There's no bonus points for that. In fact, by listening to it, you're receiving the Word just like all Christians have for 1,500 years until the printing press. <laughs> and, so, uh, and so that's an option for you. And so for some of us here, like, you're thinking, as we're kind of thinking about our, how does our faith shape our lives, like, you may be thinking, my faith does not drive my life. Like, you may be thinking, like, I don't feel like I've been living with a transformed life or with a transformed mind, the things that I'm thinking about are not holy things, and it's just, that's just what's in my life. And I may venture to say that, that it may be the reason that you may feel that way is because you have been neglecting the one who does the transforming. And that may be what's happening to where you're like, I feel distant from God. I feel like I, haven't, I don't have a transformed mind. I feel like my faith is not shaping me. You may be neglecting the one who transforms you. And so the call, maybe what you need to do is dig into your Bible and to hear from Him, to receive His Word again. And why should you do this? Look at verse 3. Because you died. You see, it's called union with Christ. Whatever happens to Christ happens to you. When He died, you died. And so for you died, 
And your life is hidden with Christ in God. See, you are not you anymore. You died. You've been made new in the Spirit. And so now you should pursue Him. Set your mind on the things above. Focus on Jesus. Dig into His Word. Why? Because you don't belong to you anymore. You died. You are a new creation in Christ. And so now focus on Him and live in Him. Why? In Him, verse 4, you have this glorious possession of future glory with him. What does he say? For when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So how do you live with a renewed mind? Step one, focus on Jesus. Here's the second thing. Paul then turns in verse five to say this. Here's the second part. First one's focus on Jesus. How do you live with a renewed mind? Focus on Jesus. Second one, Change your life to look like who you are in Jesus. Focus on him and then change your life to look like who you really are in him. Look at verse 5. Therefore, put to death the things that belong to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient. And you once walked in these things when you were living in them. But now, put away all the following, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self. You are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your creator. In Christ, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. See, what he just said is this, you died in Jesus, therefore focus on him, live in him. Therefore, after focusing on Jesus, second thing is change your life to look like who you really are. Well, what does that mean? What does it say in verse 5? Put to death the things that are according to your earthly nature. Your old self, the self that existed prior to Jesus, the self that died. That person is dead. You are a new creation in Jesus Christ through the gospel, through your faith in the gospel. But you have some aspects of your old person that have carried over into this new reality. And what Paul is saying is you need to kill all of that stuff that you've brought along with you. You need to kill the things that belong to the earthly nature, the things that God hates. And how can you do this and do this in a manner that feels like it's a joy and not a burden? Your renewed mind, your faith that shapes how you view your world and how you view being rebuked because of your sin, your conviction from the Spirit. See, faith in Jesus allows you to see these things as a joy and not a burden to where you say, no, 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 I want this out of my life because these are things that God hates and because God hates them, I hate them. And I want to develop these things that God loves in my life. Why? I love them because God loves them. Why? Because my mind is like that of Christ, because I've been focusing on him, because my mind is set on the things that are above. You understand that? So he's saying, kill the things in your life that belong to your old nature, your earthly nature, because your faith is shaping how you view your world, how you view yourself, and put on the new self. Look at verse 9. What do you, I mean, verse 12, what are you supposed to put on? Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, 
Put on kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a grievance against one another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of Christ, to which you were also called in one body, rule your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you. That's your Bible. In all wisdom and teaching and admonishing one another through the psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Why is coming to church week in and week out so good? So Paul tells you here, this is part of putting on your new self, to come and to be encouraged to sing the songs together, to hear the word. That's what you're doing each week, is to come to be encouraged, to press on, to put on your new self. And whatever you do in word or deeds, verse 17, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You see the put off, put on. He's saying, take off the things from your old nature, put on the things that are related to Christ, your new nature. And so here's the question for you. How is God speaking to you? Like, how is God speaking to you? What is he calling you to rid yourself of? And what is he calling you to put on? What's he saying to you? And regarding these things that you're supposed to put off, remember, Paul's not being light about this. Read verse 5 again. What does he say? Put to death that which belongs to your earthly nature. What he's saying is, kill it. Kill it out of your life. Rid yourself of the things that God hates. And when the Spirit comes into your life and convicts you and says, I want this out of your life and I want you to do this and pursue this, then what he's saying, like what Paul is saying, the one whose mind is on the things above pursues that and does what's necessary to kill it and to put on righteousness. This is what Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter 5, verse 29 and 30. He says, if right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better, to you to go to, better for you to go to heaven with one hand than have all of your limbs and go to hell. It's pretty stark language. Kill it. We pursue this because of what Paul says in Romans. Romans chapter 5, verses 6 and 8. For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will someone die for just a person, though for a good person, perhaps someone might even die. But God proves his own love for us. And now while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. We pursue taking off the old man and putting on the new. Why? Because God proved his love for you by dying for you to rid you of that old man, that old woman, to rid you of that so that you would become a new person, a new creation created in the image of God, right? Pursuing the image of God. Therefore, Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, says, For the love of Christ compels us, since we have reached this conclusion, that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. We kill sin. We put off the old men. We pursue our faith, pursue righteousness because we are no longer living for ourselves because you died. And your life is hidden with Christ who died for you and was 
raised. So what is the Spirit calling you to kill in your heart? And what is He calling you to put on? And just practically thinking, there are times in your life, seasons of life, seasons of sin that require major upheaval. For example, if you are walking toward an affair, if you're experiencing one right now, if you are living in a a deep porn addiction, if you are, are dealing with just like you've been, you've, you've been dealing with, like working at your place and just you've been thief, a thief. <laughs> or if you are, 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 are in the midst of a, of a major addiction of some kind, a drug or alcohol addiction where it's wrecking your life, wrecking your family, there are times in which, in which this requires major upheaval in your life. And what Paul says is kill it. Do what's necessary to kill this out of your life. And I would say this, just kind of the light one. Not, not light one, but like the, the one that's going to be prominent, I think, for many of us in this room is porn addiction. If this is in your life, what Paul says is freaking kill it. That's what he says. Kill this out of your life. Do what's necessary to rid this because it's killing you and it's killing your marriage. If you think your sex problems with your wife are just because you'd have ED, that's wrong. It's because of your porn problem. Paul says, kill this. That belongs to your old nature. If you need to get rid of your iPhone, get rid of your iPhone. Do what is necessary to rid yourself of this. But there are other seasons of your life. There are other seasons, other places where the requirements are not, it's it's as important, but it's not as drastic. And for me, one avenue that I, I, I pursue this, kind of the put off, put on each week, in a, in a, in a kind of a weekly, what I do is I have a weekly emphasis. So I, have, I meet with, uh, right now I meet with Brent and Casey on Thursday mornings. And um, it's just kind of, I've got into this, I don't know exactly when it started or why, but, but I, I'll, I'll mention to them like a, a, a weekly thing that I, I feel like I need to work on. You know, and it kind of revolves uh, each week uh, in a different kind of a, a revolving manner. So, like a couple of weeks ago, I was like, "Man, I, here's where I feel like I'm convicted, and where I want to, I want to change um, and and live in a different manner." And I was like, "I, I just need to watch how much I'm spending. I've just kind of have gotten willy nilly <laughs> with, you know, I, you guys know I get into hobbies, and as case in the words of Casey, when I get into hobbies, I go hard." <laughs> And, uh, and so I just, you know, I was like, I just need to rein it in. I just need to not be just so quick with the Amazon buy now button, you know? And the next week, I was like, hey, I didn't do as well with that, but here's another thing I want to work on, okay? And uh, so, like, I just, this week, I just want to take time to just sit with my kids and, and just focus on them and just sit and just, like, we're all just going to watch Holy Moly together, you know, or whatever. Like, I just want to sit with them and just be with them and not just... Here, I'm doing another task. I'm doing another thing I'm trying to accomplish. I'm trying to put that new trampoline together. I'm trying to do the dishes or whatever. Like, I just want to sit with them and let them know that I'm there with them, you know? And that was the thing I wanted to focus on that week. And uh, another one was taking my thoughts captive one week, where I was like, I just feel like, like in my thought life, like I have language that pops up into my head that I don't want in my head, you know, when I get angry or whatever. 
And I was just like, that's just what's happening when I get mad. And I just want to be conscientious of trying to shift my thinking to where when I get angry, that's not the word that comes into my head anymore, you know? And so each week, I just have a weekly emphasis to where it's, it's week by week, and it's not crushing, but it's something that's manageable, you know? And so for you, how is God speaking to you? How is he calling you to pursue your faith in him? What is he calling you to put off and then to put on? How do you live with, and kind of as a review, how do you live with a, review, with a renewed mind? To where your faith is what guides your life. Here's what Paul tells us. Focus on Jesus and then change your life to look like who you really are in him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. And so we know it's a, a tough message, a heavy message, to where it's talking about shaping our lives. But that's really your call. That's your desire for us. It's the reason that Jesus came for us, is that we were people who existed apart from you. And you draw us in to lead us to be people who are like you. And so I pray that you would capture our hearts with this to recognize the, the importance of pursuing our faith, the importance of looking like you, of allowing our faith to shape every aspect of our lives. And so give us the boldness that's required, that's necessary to be able to kill the things in our lives that you are calling us, that you're convicting us about through the Spirit to rid us of those things. And then the fresh encouragement to then pursue the things that you love, to build into our lives the things that are like you, kindness and grace and mercy, goodness. So fill us with faith. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so if you're new to the Bible, new to Christianity, new to the church or anything like that, and there's something in this that's compelling to you about this, you're like, man, this Jesus thing, like I hear about what he does, or I hear about like I'm supposed to become a new creation, or like I don't know how that begins. You know, here's how that begins. Here's how you become a Christian. Here's the stories that you were separated from God, you are separate from God because of your sins, but God didn't want that to be the case forever, for all of eternity, and so he sent his son Jesus to come and live the perfect life that you could never live, and then he died the death that you deserved on the cross, and then he rose again from the dead, granting you forgiveness, it means that, because his resurrection means that God accepted his sacrifice in your place, and now he reigns as the master, as the Lord, as the king over all the universe, and he bids you to come and to follow him, and so what he says is this, if you want to follow me, if you want into this, then you need to repent of your sins. I mean, recognize that you are apart from God and it's your sins that caused it and that you need forgiveness in your life. And you turn to him by faith, by prayer, and you say, Jesus, I heard that you died for me, that you offer me forgiveness for my sins, and now I want to follow you with my life. And when you do that, when you pray that prayer to him, then you become a Christian. And you live your life pursuing Him. 
And so if that's you today and you want to pray with someone, then I'll be standing in the back corner back there. But you can also do it on your own. But after you do that, it's very important. If you do that, it's very important that you get up and you tell someone else that you did that. For the rest of us, I want you to stop and just consider for a moment, how is the Spirit working in your heart? What is He calling you to put off and what is He calling you to put on? To be able to live in your faith. So while the band plays, you respond.